Well, Ashley, we're finally here. Finally watching where it all began. Dino Charge. Yes, Dino Charge. I was promised greenies! Hi, I'm Sid, and this is my wallet. And I'm the standoffish bird alien that makes swords out of crystals, Ashley. And this is Ranger's Plane, where Sid, that's me, enthusiastic lifelong Power Rangers fan, takes Ashley, reluctant new fan, through the world of Power Rangers and Power Rangers accessories. And uh, last month we had the first part of Dino Charge, and now we're in the second half, the end with Dino Supercharge, not Super Dino Charge. Uh, so, what is this half all about? Well, after the destruction of Sled in the previous seasons, things seem at peace with the Rangers as they go their separate ways. However, with Heckle and Snide taking over in a spot and three inner gems left to be found, it's not long until the Rangers are back together and trying to save the world. So, yeah, um, so we did watch all of these together even though we are recording the episodes separately. Uh, this is definitely kind of the weaker of the two seasons. It's still pretty good overall, like, I would say that, but it did feel kind of all over the place. Yeah, um, I do believe they had some writers leave and exit, mm-hmm. and so it just kind of felt like some of what they were connecting in the first season. When they brought it over to the second season, it's like, it's there, but also... They retreaded some things, or it's kind of weirdly connected, or, like, Riley all of a sudden became super sports weird. Yeah, like, it's, there were some things that were just, like, seems weird, but okay. Um, definitely, not to keep dunking on Megaforce, but definitely more put (laughs) together, like, theme-wise than Megaforce. I feel like the trifecta of dunking we will always dunk on is Megaforce, Turbo, and, um, the first season. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it definitely felt like there was just some sort of retreads or just weird character decisions that were made. Yeah, it was was just like, they also, like, were toying with fart jokes, which is something that is going to come into play later in Ninja Steel. I'm sorry to warn you about that. Yeah, I mean, I'll, even though watching it, I would still say it was a fairly solid season, even with the the weird last episode, which we will talk about later. We will talk <laughs> about it. Yeah, I want to say overall, Dino Charge is still a very solid uh, point in the series. And even though I'm like, yeah, I could see the dip of quality. I'm like, it didn't like deter my enjoyment. It was just like, oh, man, what if they didn't have this dip in quality? <laughs> but, uh, but oh, well, it's Power Rangers. And it was just kind of like, like I said la- last episode, I think it was like, it's like you get a really good main course and like an okay dessert. Like it's a brownie that was in the microwave. They put a, like a scoop of ice cream on or a mud cake or something. Yeah. You know. Okay. It's serviceable as a dessert, but you know, yeah. wish, to, wish there was more of a, of a bang at the end. But yeah, that's, like I said, like that's Power Rangers weirdly enough. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, also, the stakes feel a little higher this season. Like, they actually, you know, it went from kind of like, oh, we got to find the inner gems because Sledge, because he just is a bastard, to, oh, no, like, the universe might end. Yeah, so we have to find the Silver Power Ranger and the Dark Inner Gem before they do. Yeah, and the Aqua. It was one of those things, like, they figured out the Aqua Inner Gem was bonded. It's like, well, who is he? Yeah. You know, um... Which was actually something they kind of foreshadowed in the the first season. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, because with the Ankylosaurus, when they found the Ankylosaurus and like it was going berserk, it was like, well, it, the only reason why it's active is because the inner gym, you know, bonded with somebody. And we'll get right. to we'll get to that guy later. <laughs> oh fuck! And then there was the introduction of the dark inner gym, which seems to be all like the the inner gyms are all the good. The dark inner gym is like definitely all the fucking evil in the world. Yeah, it's like, it's the way Brian David Gilbert described the Chaos Emeralds in the, um, in the Sonic Bible episode of Unraveled, where it's like, it's just all of the dark, it's all of the dark impulses that you have, like, it's condensed the, the, into one The, the garbage, yeah, garbage emeralds. Yeah. <laughs> it's the like, garbage. you found the dark, in- yeah. Garbage inner gem. Yeah, it's like, you found the, the dark inner gem, you should probably go wash your hands now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was like a, a thing they introduced kind of midway through this part was the dark inner gem. So it was just um, kind of a really interesting rise of stakes. Uh, again, just thank you for bringing up the, because the, I just thought of him saying, gar- I think he said the garbage emeralds or something. Yeah, or gar- I think he called them garbage diamonds. Garbage diamonds, so it's like the garbage inner gem. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's whenever you create something else from, like, the burn off of whatever you're working on. So, mm-hmm. you know, just in this case, it just happens to be all of the dark energy that was taken out during the inner gem creation process. That's like the Marmomite or the Vegemite of, uh, <laughs> of energy. <laughs> oh, I think we've, we've exhausted these metaphors, but you guys get the point. <laughs> you guys get the point. Um,. And expands, like, as much as there's some weird kind of character stuff or retreads, it does expand more on what was set up from the first season. Mm-hmm. Which was overall, like, a really good thing. It, it did felt like, okay, this is a second season. Things are continuing as opposed to the past two seasons where people really didn't have a story arc. <laughs> yeah, because, like, even though there's not, like, hugely wide-ranging story arcs, like, the two I can definitely point to and say that these are story arcs. Well, three. Because you have, like, Chase's relationship with his girlfriend. Um, You have Shelby and Tyler's relationship and how that grows. And then you do get a denouement to uh, Tyler and his dad. But like VR Troopers, it plays out way too long. (laughs) (laughs) We have a... I can't wait till we get to James. (laughs) Oh, James. James. You have it coming. Uh, we have it coming. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna kick off where we last left off on characters with, of course, our first character character being Shelby Watkins. Um, and while last season was a lot of her kind of coming into herself, this season is definitely learning more about herself. Like she realized she really doesn't want to take over the family business, and she sometimes, you know, because of what happened with the Dino Tracer, she gets a little unsure later, and also that weird childhood friend. Oh, God, yeah. So the Childhood Friend episode, we briefly touched on it in the last episode, but it's really weird because, well, first of all, 
well, we'll talk about that. And then I do want to kind of elaborate more on, well, we're going to talk more about Shelby's dad and the family business. Um, yeah, because that particular episode was really weird because, like, so Shelby's had this friend since childhood, and I can't remember her name right now. Um, oh, I don't know. I, I just, I can see her in my mind. She's, like, a very basic blonde, like, 2000s fashion, um, 2010s she, she, fashion. She looks much older than Shelby's, like, childhood friend. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> but, like, so Shelby brings it up very early on in the episode is that she has been taking credit for things that other people do, especially Shelby, since they were kids. And, like, she overall loves her, but, like, is kind of annoyed by the fact that, like, she'll keep doing this. Mm-hmm. And, like, it becomes a real problem when she's, like, she get she finds, like, something that gets blown off of a monster and she gets approached by a bunch of reporters. They're just saying, like, are you a Power Ranger? Instead of saying, oh, no, I'm not. She goes, yes, I'm the Pink Ranger. And, like, keeps running with it. But, like, Shelby can't be, like, you can't say you're a Pink Ranger because I'm the Pink Ranger. Because, you know, the whole thing about you can't reveal your secret identity. Yeah. Um, And it's just, like, eventually Shelby just decides, like, eventually the friend gets caught by monsters, saved by the Rangers, uh, apologizes to the media and then apologizes to Shelby. Um, so like, yeah, there's a, this arc of forgiveness where like Shelby kind of forgives her for everything, but it's also just like, no, you should really like call her ass out. Like, her name is Erin, need- by the way. Erin, yeah, I knew it was like a generic white girl name. <laughs> um, I, I say it with my name being Ashley. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, Erin, like her whole thing is just like she's been taking advantage of Shelby this way for like their entire friendship. And I don't get why Shelby isn't just like because I feel like Power Rangers sometimes takes the route of like, oh, no, well, you should forgive your friends and be nice to them. It's like, no, sometimes like if you want to maintain a friendship, you got to be willing to just say, hey, that's fucked up that you keep doing that. Yeah, it's 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 kind of one of those things like, you know. Like any human relationship, you sometimes got to call things out or yeah. talk things out even. Yeah. But it's one of those, it's like, I do agree with you. Power Ranger sometimes really does take kind of the weird, easy route sometimes. It's like, oh, you should forgive people. It's like, forgiveness is earned. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, like, I would have, like, not to, like, I don't think it would be too dark to say, like, no, like, Shelby should probably have ended the episode just being like, hey, what you did was really hurtful, and, like, I still want to be friends, but we have to really work on this. Yeah. Or something and, like that. And have Aaron be, like, a reoccurring character or something. Right. But, other than, yeah, it's just, it's also very weird, because, like, the, that's not weird, but it's also one of those things that's, like, because of the racial difference, it's, it's like, also, what Aaron does comes off very microaggressive. Yeah, like, you're clearly have been taking, like, credit for things that your best friend has been doing your entire life, and it's, that's really fucked up. Yeah. Like, it would be fucked up if, again, if Shelby was portrayed as a white, as a white woman, but since, again, she is a black character in this case, like, black woman in this case, um... Yeah, it's just sort of like, okay, so why ha- why have you felt comfortable with taking credit for something a, a, like a black woman and a black like black girl, a black woman has been doing your entire life? Yeah, it's just, whoo. Um, 
I, again, if I feel like if this episode was written more currently, mm-hmm. um, they it would that would probably be addressed more. Uh-huh. Possibly the forgiveness thing would be addressed, but that that is a thing society is not ready for. I feel no. at at the cultural level at large is like no, a forgiveness is an earned thing, right? Yeah, I think it's we, not a given. Yeah, it, we can barely get through like making sure abusers who are in a powerful situation or or have power over others. We we're barely in a society. Where, like, we actually, like, no, we'll side with victims, you know. So asking people for forgiveness, you know, that asking people that forgiveness is earned mm-hmm. instead of, like, it's a given because you say you're sorry is just, like, that's a big, big step. But uh, that's our little aside, I guess, on that. Because that was a really weird episode. Uh, yeah. But let's go on to the funness that is her dad. Yeah, so after this entire series of saying, like, uh, not this entire series, I mean, basically, as since they started filming in New Zealand, of going, like, oh, it's Shelby's dad whenever, like, James Galen shows up. <laughs> finally! Like, it's, it's Shelby's like, dad! <laughs> it's finally, you know. He gets to have a beard this time, too. Yeah. And I really like that this role, he's like, even though you see him only briefly, he's like, like, he gets to, like, have a little bit more, uh, pizzazz, cause Shelby says it's like, you know, he's, he, oh, he's like a business tycoon who owns, like, th- this famous ice cream company, you know, worth a lot of money, so Shelby's a rich girl. <laughs> yeah and like the thing is finding out that shelby comes from a rich family kind of puts the whole like way she was acting about the the royalty of xandar in the previous season into perspective yeah but like he he just definitely loved playing like that role and in this also like you see uh for once i really like that they actually empower rangers they rarely do this is Mm -hmm. where uh parental figure kind of well what a parental figure is shown but two they actually have an episode with it and like the the kind of the personal conflict of that episode is shelby wants to go into paleontology and when you actually first establish her and her dad you know he this is before we knew about Watkins ice cream uh it's right before she gets kidnapped in the first episode of dino supercharge but she she is listening to her dad and he's like, ah, you're about to start college and go for, for summer and go into business school and all this stuff. And she's like, yeah, great. Oh, a fossil. And, you know, he kind of dismisses it. And that's kind of the conflict there is, you know, Shelby makes a, a B on a test and he comes in to help her study. And, you know, he kind of finds out like she doesn't really want this and he's very conflicted until he watches like a person like basically another family like you know and the the fathers really listen to the kid kid, like go on about dinosaurs he's like wow i'm forgetting that shelby is a is a is a human being and you know not just a copy of me just like a common parental um what is it common parental conflict is uh you know you're not realizing that the child is not a copy of you and he yeah. was just like gives Shelby his blessing, and it it, do- it ends kind of really touching and nice, you know. Gives her a dinosaur cake, ice cream cake. 
Yeah, it definitely just comes across as, like, Shelby... Shelby seems like she's been kind of a, a parent pleaser yeah. for her entire life. Like, kind of, uh, not to cite a recent, like, release, but, like, Turning Red, where, like, Malin talks a lot about how, like, she's been trying to please her mom her entire life, but then, like, realizes that she's her own person and can do her own stuff. Yeah. And, like, so, because Shelby's, like, kind of acquiescing with the fact that, like, you know, oh, I'll go to school for business because that's what my dad wants, but I don't really want that. And, like, so it's kind of a push and pull for her throughout that entire episode. Yeah, like, she wants to please her father because, you know, they don't have a bad relationship. No. But she doesn't want to run a- like, that's not her passion. You know, her passion is dinosaurs. Yeah, pretty much. She and, like, has- her dad seems to initially dismiss it as, like, you know, oh, you're you're an adult now, you shouldn't be interested in those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm glad that, you know, he eventually comes around. Yeah. Um, I really do wish Power Rangers had more, like, kind of episodes like that, because you find out more about the character. Like you said, Shelby probably comes, probably grew up being a very much a parent pleaser, mm-hmm. you know, trying to, you know, doesn't want to disappoint her dad. And then her dad is, like, trying to acknowledge that Shelby is, you know, probably since it's supposed to be, like, a, about a year apart, I'm guessing, like, she's just turned 19, basically, and has to realize... She is an adult now. She's her own woman. And this Power Rangers do more stuff like that, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and kind of the other thing with Shelby is she finally acts on her feelings towards Tyler, which is really great. It's like, yeah, so like they build their relationship up a little bit more in the season where it's very clear that, yeah, they're actually going to tell each other that they like each other. Mm hmm. Um, and it actually ends up in an episode involving the NZ boys. Yeah, it's, I just find it funny Chase was all the time like, oh god, the NZ boys, turns out he knew one of the people. Oh, maybe that was why, like, he's just like, ugh, the NZ boys. It's like, oh, my rich friend. Uh, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, you know... Shelby was kind of starstruck by I forgot the name of the character. I Rada. Rada. She was starstruck by Rada and like Tyler. You basically, you know, Shelby of course enters in the con like the the whole star search for their new member. And Tyler enters it and he's like you know, he he because he's jealous and everything, and she just finally when they're like they're out. Uh, they're, they're, this is when they're trying to get Doomwing and Zenowing to separate. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that in a bit. But she's just like, Tyler really kind of confesses because he, he nearly bobs the audition if it wasn't for her. Mm-hmm. Oh, Step- for sure. And she's like, I like you for you. And then, you know, they, they almost kiss and Koda interrupts it. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention, and I guess I can mention it later, but yeah, it's kind of like you you went from the kind of the end of season one where they have that picnic, basically, that goes awry, and Shelby did treat it as a date, and, you know, Shelby's like, oh, no, it's not a date, when, when Tyler kind of confronts that idea. Yeah. <laughs> to, like, her being like, I like you for you. I like to go out with you. And, yeah. You know, she, she even, like dumps dumps rada because rada's like you want to catch a movie later and she's like oh no i'm sorry yeah and then like 
her and her and Tyler are basically together for the rest of the series after that. And even though it's like ten episodes left. Yeah. <laughs> not not that many episodes left. But still, it's it's kind of they get together and it it was a we'll go into this more later, but it was a it was a nice build. Um anything else you want to say about Shelby? I think that's it. So let's go ahead and move on to kind of the second half of that relationship with Tyler. Um, so Tyler, as you noted, has really big himbo energy this season. This, our favorite line from this is like, wait, I'm Tyler and this is my wallet. (laughs) And this was after he was mispronouncing his own last name, like, Tyler Navarro? No! It's like, (laughs) And I think he actually says, I'm Tyler Navarro. Like, he actually gets his name correctly. Yeah, no, I don't, like, I think we misremembered it, because I think he does just only say, I'm Tyler, and this is my wallet, while smiling. Yeah, but regardless, he's like, he he just goes, this is my wallet! Like, oh my god. And also the same episode, he he and Chase and Coda, like, painted Run Riley Run on their chests. Yeah, just to keep the consistent theme of this is the most shirtless season of Power Rangers. We're, we're gonna beat Lost Galaxy when it comes to shirtlessness. Yeah, because like, okay, only Leo was consistently shirtless in Lost Galaxy. You have more volume of shirtless men in this particular season. Yeah, it's like, Leo was consistently shirtless. Damon, event, like, every now and then got shirtless. Kai was just kind of there. Uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it's just like, no, almost everyone is consistently shirtless. Yeah, I apparently that was a was that a Yoshi thing or a Brennan thing on set? I, I don't know. They both kind of corrupted each other on this. <laughs> and there's still it, bros that post shirtless pictures with each other whenever they go to cons together. I just I just remember like as soon as they started filming, like they would just it got everyone to post shirt like all the men would just get together in the bathroom to pose like a shirtless selfie. And I'm like, dear Lord. <laughs> yeah. These, and then, these like, men are shameless. Yeah. Just to touch on this, because this is a thing that carries over from both seasons. I do love how like they figured out that like Brennan has like circus skills. So they would just find any excuse they could have to like show that in episodes. <laughs> yeah. So, I love it. It was just like, yeah. yeah, he can do headstands and ride unicycles. And, and, like, juggle. So, like, why not have, like, Tyler do all of those things? No, he, he's like, okay, this is some, he's like Godai. He's a, he's a jack of all trades. But unlike Godai, he's not in a, a writer series that will make you cry at the end. Oh. But, yeah, so Tyler, yeah, so Tyler has big himbo energy this season. Especially, like, when kind of confronting his, like, romance plot with, like, Shelby. Uh, Because he's a little dense about it sometimes. Uh, Yeah. But also, like, we kind of get resolution on uh, the plot line with his dad. Um, Where, like, he does actually finally get to find his dad. And, uh... Well, the episode was kind of interesting. Again, like, we talked about it, like, him and Shelby kind of butt heads about it because he uh, goes out and search for his treasure that he buried which is just a bunch of like stuff that he kind of adds every year yeah like you know the baseball with his dad and a photo and stuff and then shelby i forgot how she put it because it was obviously in uh, a standards and practice way of how to put it but she basically was like well tyler what if your dad's dead like he's yeah been missing for so long 
Yeah, because the way they put it was the last time that Tyler's dad was seen was during, like, a cave-in. Yeah. So, like, the implication there is that he might not have made it out. But Tyler is in his persistence and just like, no, my dad is definitely still alive, is going to go to where the cave-in was and see if he can find any trace, even though it's been, like, ten years. And what happens is, this is also when, like, they're trying out a new, like, Kendall created a new thing for Tyler during this time period, too, and they try it out, and uh, there was a virus uploaded to it, so now he thinks he's a real T-Rex, and he's attacking his teammates, and that's when the Aqua Ranger shows up, like, this build-up for the Aqua Ranger, and he, uh, you know, he, he unmorphs, and it's his dad! Boogie, woogie, woogie! <laughs> boogie, woogie, woogie. But yeah, so... That was the big reveal, is that, oh my god, James has been alive this whole time, and he's a Power Ranger. Um, but it plays out exactly like what happened in VR Troopers when uh, Ryan Steele found his dad, like, when I say partway through season two? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember when it happened, but, like, remember when, like, you know, Ryan finds his dad, and he's really excited about it, but then his dad's like, hey, I can't stick around, I have to go, like... Was it go off to Antarctica or something like that? Yeah, it was, it was, it was go off to find more, like, the dark, I think he was searching for the dark energy, basically. Well, no, 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 I mean, talking oh. about VR Troopers, not- Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it all I, I, I get together. it, it's very similar, it all blends together, but, like, no, and VR Troopers were, like, you know, Ryan's dad is just like, hey, I gotta go off and go to Antarctica or do this research or something like that, so I can't stick around. And I think also, like, Grimlord is after me, you know? Yeah. So, like, it kind of just like, okay, so Tyler, so, not Tyler, Ryan has found his dad, but his dad has to go away, so he has to still continue demonologuing about how much he misses his dad. Dad shows up Christmas. Yeah, dad shows up (laughs) Christmas, but then, like, But then, okay, so it's similar here in, like, Power Rangers, but after, like, Tyler finds his dad and, like, James is like, I gotta find the Dark Energem, so we can't really be together currently. Like, it just sort of turns into, okay, so Tyler has kind of lost his big plot motivator. Yeah. Because, like, Tyler had this fucking plot going, this, like, it wasn't, like, consistent, like, every episode it came up, not, like, fucking VR Troopers, but he had this consistent plot that was carrying over season one of, like, wondering what happened to my dad and, like, trying to find leads. And then, like, once, like, he kind of finds his dad and, like, we kind of establish James can't stick around, it kind of just becomes, okay, so what is Tyler's main motivation besides, like, finding his dad and or having a relationship with Shelby? And so, like, by kind of see, like, so, okay, so you have the Shelby relationship, but then that gets resolved, like, ten ten episodes before the finale. So, (sighs) there's not a whole lot there for Tyler to do after, like, James is like, hey, I'm still alive. (laughs) Bye. Like, James James shows up every now and then. So, yeah, Tyler just kind of really does get his everything resolved a little too soon. Um, I I think that's a a relatively good critique of this is like, yeah, yeah, you kind of, he's just kind of there, but luckily, you know, they didn't crux on him being the main character or something or also it would have been really weird. It's like, yeah. uh, So I'm glad that the, there was a bigger ensemble to kind of pick up on that. But um, yeah, Ross is kind of like, 
okay, well, he's he's pretty much, like you said, like 10 episodes from the end, he finally gets with Shelby, and it just kind of, things resolve. That's but, it. Yeah, but at least with, like, the romance plot between him and Shelby, it's actually pretty good by Power Ranger standards. Yeah, we're gonna go into that uh, later, but yeah, we really did enjoy it, so... Yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, do you have anything else about Tyler? Sorry. No, I'm good. Okay, so speaking about, you know, romance and everything, we, we're back to Chase, Randall, uh, Dino Charge Black again, and, uh, he goes from less of a fuckboy to a lover boy this season. That is his, he, like, like I kind of said, like, he starts kind of growing and realizing he is not the center of the world. I feel like they kind of retread a little bit, but it, it is hard to change overnight and even hard to change in a year sometimes. Right. And especially since he's, he's still used to being kind of a ladies man. And it, the, it was just, kind of, it was a very kind of good episode where he's, he's head over, he's actually head over heels for a girl for once. And you know, they, he goes through all the dates that, that he typically goes through and, you know, and the other rangers are making fun of it. Like, oh, are you on the trophy date? What about the push-up date? In which Coda was like, he stopped that one when, when the girl beat him. Oh, God, the push-up date joke was actually probably one of my favorites this season. <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, but he meets this girl named Kaylee, and we'll talk a little bit more about her in a bit, but, like... So he meets this girl named Kaylee, who he very clearly likes, but doesn't really know how to, like, actually, like, uncenter himself. Yeah. Um, but, and so, like, she's kind of turned off by that, but then, like, she's like, oh, he saves her as the Black Ranger, like, when he's morphed. And, she's and, and like, an old lady, too. So yeah. She's like, who is this handsome hero who is selfless? Certainly not Chase. Yeah, so, like... The funny thing is, is that going, so he goes out on a, goes out on a couple of dates with her as the Black Ranger, and it actually helps him uncenter himself and realize, yeah. oh, I'm being a real dickwad. Like, I don't know, it, especially since, you know, what was kind of, I forget, it was, I think it was Shelby pointed out, it's like, do you ever ask any of your dates what they like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, somehow he's never thought of that. Um... And, you know, through the process of being, dating her as the Black Ranger and, uh, of course, having to end that relationship and trying to start again, he he actually points out, it's like, yeah, you know, he actually was like, I was, yeah, I was nervous and I did not know how to really approach you and would just center everything around me and that's going to be different from now on. And he, she shows up kind of in, like, periphery of how he talks. Like, he's he's clearly nuts about this girl. Mm-hmm. And then there's the whole, um, there's the whole episode, again, where we see the relationship, like, pick back, we, we pick back up, and there's this whole thing where, like, he takes her out on a date on, like, their third or fourth month anniversary because she's interested in space and wants to be an astronaut. He buys her a picnic, like, a, a picnic of space food. Yeah, which is so cute. And then, like, he, like, gives her, like, a little... Like, he does the trophy date, but, like, he does a trophy of, like, a space shuttle. Says, I would fly to the moon for you. Like, that's fucking cute as hell! Yeah, it's like, I made the... You know, I got space food, because I know you like space, and and all this, you know, and I got this really cute statue for you, and... uh, And then the kind of the thing that happens in this episode that causes conflict is... The there's 
um, a monster switches body with a human woman, and she she has basically makeup that will turn any male Gaga over her. And Tyler gets hit over it, and they have to figure out. Of course, Shelby's jealous, but they yeah. have to figure out how to get this this monster away from from Tyler, and also like how to get this monster to switch back to this human because uh-huh. uh, they find the 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 person who switched like you know in the body of obviously an ugly monster so they're like chase why don't you go romance this monster since this monster really wants male attention chase is like but i have a girlfriend i have kaylee i'm not that person anymore and, and basically it was just like what are you expecting uh uh riley and ivan who are too gay for this <laughs> I mean, Ivan's pansexual or bi, but I, I feel like he's he would be too sassy gay for that type of mission. Yeah. And then you have you have Coda. Yeah, Coda's not getting anything done. <laughs> so yeah, it's up to you there, dude. And uh, you know, and of course, like Kaylee sees this and she figures out he's the Black Ranger, and he feels you know he's feeling bad and all that, and they come to an understanding about it, and. I, lo- I think they have the code word because he, he mentions like his like his friend sick fish at the beginning. And that kind of becomes their code word for like when he's on ranger duty. He's like, oh, Bubbles is sick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and at the end of the series, he's even like, oh, my God, we're done all this. I get to ca- take Kaylee to New Zealand to meet my family. Like, he's very serious about this girl. Yeah, it's really cute. And like, it's such a great character arc for him because like, again, he goes from being like a fuck boy who's trying to like hit on every girl in sight to oh I, I really like this one girl and like she understands that I'm a power ranger so it's all like it's all great yeah and then like yeah and I think just overall he becomes a more compassionate and caring person yeah like what not the- just not just to get some pussy <laughs> yeah not just to get some pussy like overall like he's much more caring towards the team. He has a better rapport with Riley than when, you know, when they first kind of butted heads. My favorite really is, I, I think I mentioned this last episode, but really it's like him and Shelby went from these very like, okay, we work together, antagonistic relationship to being like really good bros with each other to the point when like Tyler is asking for help on how to basically do this audition like, Chase is like, hey, have you ever thought of asking Shelby what she wanted? Because she likes you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> just, just such a great moment. And, like, I think it also just shows that, like, he's, like, grained such a rapport with Shelby. Yeah. That, like, he's very clearly just like, yeah, like, you need to ask her out. <laughs> and also the fact that he did, you know, like, if this was old Chase and he helped out Tyler, it'd have been like, ah, oh, yeah, and this is where you take her on Earth. Like third, like third date seducing or something, and instead he's just clearly seeing what Tyler's doing. It's like you should just go fucking talk to her and treat her like a human being. Yeah, it's like it's not the same like kind of. He's not exactly the same Chase that like fell in love with himself in the first season. <laughs> that was funny when he got hit with the Cupid arrow and he was yeah. like, "Oh, hi, handsome," or and all that. No, he's, he's he's clearly he loves his 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 fellow Rangers. He's willing to work with them. He's great. Tells Coda not to eat crayons. <laughs> so I guess we'll move on to Coda then, after we've covered that with Chase. Um, so Coda this season, especially as we've noted, is a little bit more homesick than he was previously. 
Like, first season, like, not saying it just didn't show up in the first season, but, like, Dino Charge itself is kind of about him establishing his life in modern times. But, like, Supercharge is kind of getting to see that he is, he does miss, like, home. Yeah. Um, And this especially shows through the episode where the, um, the, I think it was Leisure was the name of the monster. Yeah. Yeah, so it shows with, like, the vacation monster episode of, like, his grandfather, as he finds, like, the cave his him and his grandparents lived in, actually his whole family, and, like, he's, you know, he can tell he's kind of wistful about it, and he feels really bad that he broke his grandfather's rules, even though, like, his grandfather's long dead, and, like, can't really tell him what was going on with that. Um, I would also say that episode is where some prime himbo Tyler comes out. Oh, yeah. Just to touch back on that for a second, but, yeah. But then there's also Warg. <laughs> the Warg episode where he, he it, it's this new display that you can interact in like through uh, basically headphones and a speaker is you can give this display of a caveman to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, do commands like Warg, uh, you know, go look like you're playing at the fire or Warg, you know, hunt or something. And it's not going out too great, and, like, Coda keeps wanting to keep work around because he's like, oh, man, like, you're kind of the closest thing I have to looking like family here. Yeah, so, like, war, yeah, like, that was definitely, like, you get some Coda, like, motivation in that episode, because, like, it is basically, you could tell that Coda's missing his family and Warg is the closest thing he has. Even though, like, Warg is basically a, uh, a ma- basically some backwards engineering of Disney imaginary bullshit. <laughs> is the best way I can describe Warg. <laughs> like, basically, like, somebody got some ha- got their hands on a piece of Disney imagineering and tried to backwards engineer how it actually worked. And, uh, for better or for worse. Though I love how that episode ends with, um, realizing that you could just use Warg as, like, for a caveman exercising class. Yes! Oh my god. And then, like, my favorite part about it is that, so everybody in the class wears, like, caveman pelts, and, like, all of the boys have managed to find color-coordinated, like, pelts for their ranger colors. (laughs) It's... Because God. never underestimate Power Rangers' ability to, like, keep the color coordination on lock. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just kind of, love them. Yeah. And then also another big part of CODA this season is that like, we kind of touch on is, um, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about Home Run CODA in a bit. Uh, but yeah, like, he's got uh, some residual fears over being frozen, yeah, it shows up in, like, kind of the first episode where the frozen monster, I'm not going to look up the name right now, uh, basically was freezing everybody coming back, and he ended up as escaping mm-hmm. uh, an attack where, like, Kendall and, I think, Chase weren't able to escape it or something. Right. Or it was Kendall, it was, it was two people who weren't able to escape. I think it was, no, it was Kendall and Shelby. Yeah. And and so, you know, he's having a talk with Keeper about what's going on and how scared he is. And it, it's very clear, like, him getting frozen in the ice for so long, especially since he fell from a cliff in the inner gym, I think, to preserve him, froze him in ice. Right. The inner gym's like, no, you're not dying from falling, so we're just going to freeze you. 
And the fact that it, it like took him, like it took 10,000 years to find him. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of hinted at he's, he's pretty much just alive. I'm guessing he's seeing everything. His eyes are open. So, mm-hmm. God, that freaking sucks to just be frozen in ice for 10,000 years, possibly still with your conscience. So he's yeah. like, yeah. So he's, he's like afraid of kind of approaching ice and he kind of he does get over his fear at the end of the episode but you know a lot of fears kind of come back it's very much this season of rangers was very much coda misses home coda has fear of ice and also of just kind of new things like you know baseball (laughs) so yeah so we'll so we'll use that as our segue to talking about riley um so riley this season is it's kind of weird how riley kind of goes back and forth on his character development because like yeah with riley it felt like he was the most inconsistently written of the season yeah and like because we do see riley learning to be more empathetic and helping others like him and Zeno Wang especially like connect to each other when Zeno Wang is like freed from Doom Wing. And Zeno Wing's being a douchebag and doesn't understand why the Rangers want to help him. And mm-hmm. Riley ends up basically nearly dying to save Zeno Wing. Yeah. And like, which kind of makes Zeno Wing be like, I'm being a real douchebag, so I'm going to stop doing that. Yeah. Uh, and then there was the episode we had where Ivan meets his descendant and. Mm-hmm. Riley goes and talks to, like, talks to him for a bit and everything. I think it's because Riley thought he was cute, too. That's just my headcanon. But kind of talks to him and kind of, you know, gets to know Zach, especially since, like, Zach had been, like, basically doing graffiti art on the museum. Mm -hmm. So he's getting to know, like, what Zach likes to do as art, you know, why he does it, and also, like, you know... Finds out that you know Zach is would is interested in learning more about Ivan because you know they I they they fake that Ivan is you know a cousin instead of no this is your very very great great grandpa Ivan fucked basically mm-hmm. and now you're here <laughs> that's something to get into later but you know it, he kind of helps resolve that especially after when he and Ivan switch bodies and Ivan kind of goes off it's like you know he finds basically this this thing of art zach made in the trash and ivan's like oh yeah it was fucking hideous and riley's like no why don't you go get to know him like he's just different than you and not what you expect so that was like good of riley it's i would say like probably tooth hurts riley wouldn't have done that but like this riley did but then you'll have the competitive streak episodes like well, the episode where, you know, they all kind of have the amnesia and you see that childhood bully, Bert, who, Crap. you know, yeah, who just are all like, but, you know, it's basically Bert does, is jealous of Riley because Riley was always smart. And Riley is like, well, I'm more physically capable now and I can beat you in a marathon and shit. Yeah, no, I just wanted to point out, like, it's it's definitely the episode of the season where it's like, you shouldn't really use your ranger powers for personal gain. Yeah. Except that every time he tries it, it just absolutely fucking backfires on him, so he just, just stops. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, nah, just, just stop, bro. Yeah. You're not Eric from Time Force. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only example of that going right. Uh, yeah, exactly. 
Uh, and then there's like the episode Home on Coda where they're all doing like they basically all just decided to go like do sports stuff I, because of the monster of the week. And uh, Coda in the finding like the uh, uh, major league coach watches and sees that Coda has an amazing ability to hit a baseball. So Riley gets involved with this and just basically pushes Coda to be a big baseball star. Because that's what Riley wanted, and he never gives a thought of what Coda wanted, which is Coda's like, uh, I don't want any of this. What? I have to wear shoes. People notice me. I don't want to be noticed. I, I, you know, like, what's going on here? And, and, you know, Coda's very miserable, basically, while Riley is kind of living his dream vicariously through Coda. Right. And then there's the fishing with his brother episode. Yeah, that one was kind of like a little bit of a footnote in comparison to something like Home Run Coda or the episode with Bert. Uh, but basically, like, Riley is gets super competitive when out on a fishing trip with the other rangers and his brother to the point that his brother gets stuck in, I think, the Titanosaurd? Yeah. And so they have to rescue him before he drowns. Is it either drown or suffocate? I forget which. Yeah, either way, it's gonna end very badly for his brother. And so he kind of has to learn, like, oh, man, like, me being a dick to my brother led to him storming off and getting stuck in the Titanosaurd. I should, like, not do that. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's kind of the ebb and flow of Riley is, like, either Riley is, needs to learn not to be such a weird competitive boy, mm-hmm. or he's very, compa- He's it's not only when he's a secondary character in an episode, he's very compassionate. Right. So it's kind of like, eh, this, this feels very weird. Especially, like, the one, the fishing episode, it really felt weird. Because it's like, he went through a bunch of character change, and then all of a sudden it's just like, you're back at square one with what you did with Bert. Yep. So, but yeah, it's it, as you noted, it's it's growing pains, I guess. Yeah. Also, he's so gay. Yeah. It's like, I'm like... <laughs> Go on, I'm sorry. No, you made the note. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those, it's like, look look how many boyfriends he had to show up this season. You know, there was Bert. Uh, he definitely found out he had a thing for furries and, like, aliens slash older men with Xenowing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then there's, like, th- then there was Zack, you know, Ivan's descendant. Yeah. I mean, Ivan's, like, a, I- Ivan's a given. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, but, like I said, everybody has a crush on Ivan, especially the dudes. But, like, he, like, the way, like, it's like, wow, you're really into just wanting to talk to Zach and getting to know him. And including, like, oh, you like lime smoothies, too. I'm like, <laughs> oh, did you, did you, did you go on a date after this? Yeah, it's like, oh, my God. Like, I'm sure Ivan would just be like, you went on a date with my descendant? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> This sounds like a fanfic needed to to be written, I think, is mm-hmm. Riley going on a date with Zach. Of course, that kind of headcanon he gets with Zach later, so. Yeah. That, that's me, though. I I, I, I can see it. I, I, I will also sign off on that headcanon. <laughs> Speaking of Ivan, we're back to Sir Ivan of Xandar. Who has somehow got sassier and gayer this season. <laughs> Just, Jesus. Oh, uh, this is some of the better Ivan moments. He's still kind of like his main thing is he's a fish out of water, and that's that's a lot of his stuff. Um, my favorite, like a sideline, he says, like 
There isn't a single greased pig when it came to sports. Oh, yeah, when they're playing all the sports and he's just like, there's not a single greased pig around here. Yeah. The, I think he also made a line about jousting. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, just like, there's not jousting, there's not a single greased pig. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, yeah, like, like some of that stuff would come up. And, um, you also get the funny, like, I would say one of the funniest bits with Ivan this entire season. Like, there's a bunch of stuff with Ivan that, this season that's, like, instantly iconic. Like, the ram's horn at the baseball game. Yes! He's just like, ah, oh, yes, we're in an entertainment area just blows the ram's horn. <laughs> I think you came up with, like, during the last Christmas episode, because we'll get to this Christmas episode, he's like, ah, oh, yes, when is the orgy going to begin? Right, because, okay, so there's... <laughs> So there is this uh, bit from, I learned this from Adam Ruins Everything, where, you know, that's just what I watch in my free time at work. Um, so uh, there is, so in this episode of Adam Ruins Everything, they talked about how, like, since around Chris, like, where around where we typically celebrate Christmas, a lot of, like, pagan and Germanic tribes would kind of celebrate with this huge party for Yule, um, to kind of celebrate, you know, the end of the harvest season. You know, we're getting through the the darkest point of the year. The sun will be coming back soon. So everybody has, like, just this drunken party. And then, like, when the Christians came about, they were just like, okay, well, like, you guys can keep partying around this time of the year just as long as you convert to Christianity. And then, like, even going through, like, the Roman times, you still had Saturnalia, and then even going into, like, prior to immigration, like, prior to the Puritans immigrating to the, you know, immigrating, settling, colonizing yeah. the Colonizes. United States, <laughs> um, <laughs> going, like, prior to the, like, the Puritans going to the United States, uh, Christmas around, especially in, like, England and Europe and all that, was kind of just a very drunken debate botcherous affair they also robbed from the rich yeah they also stole thing. money from the rich that actually is very christ-like yeah so <laughs> and then like and then basically like when the puritans came over to the united states they're like no christmas and then eventually it kind of just morphed into the current holiday we have today because other other people came over with their traditions this was actually in uh i think it was christian was her name was the american doll who was a uh, swedish kirsten. kirsten 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 the swedish immigrant uh yeah that was actually part of they they talked about she brought over her traditional christmas over yeah um and that was after her friend died of cholera <laughs> oh yeah Ooh, American doll books. Um, boy. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, that was just one of my head cannons with like, uh, you know, like, like along with, you know, the morphing grid must clearly be translating like a proto-Germanic language for Ivan. Um, also the fact that he, for him, Christmas would be, uh, <laughs> not this. I mean, he's probably getting ready to like, you know... He's like, ah, oh, where's the wine and, and beer? And everyone's like, what? Yeah. It's like, are we not having an orgy later? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so like, but yeah. There's this, so this, much is, this is just going to end with him and Coda having sex. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's another fan fiction out there for somebody to write out there. I'm yeah, sure. this time displaced men having sex. But yeah, anyway, so, but yeah, that's Sorry. just a lot of- 
Yeah, I'm trying to get back on point, but, like, we're still on point, but, like, um, yeah, so, but, yeah, like, a lot of the humor with Ivan is just the fact that he is kind of just out of place, like, he had the ram's horn joke, though, and I think my favorite bit was from the Rags to Riches episode, where he, like, (laughs) that episode was great, (laughs) (laughs) like, it's entire, like, that whole episode's hilarious, uh, but I think my favorite bit is that when he goes to the bank and is just like, oh, I deposited one bar of gold in the bank of Xandar many years ago. And, like, the lady is just like, do you have any ID? And, like, he just pulls out his sword. And he's like, see, my name is on the sword. She's like, you have a count number? And he's like, what? Yeah. Any, any sort of identification? Like, she's kind of like, I've had a very, very long day. Yeah, and then, like, she thinks he like she thinks he's trying to rob the bank when he pulls out the sword, <laughs> which I feel like is a reasonable response to somebody like being at the bank and somebody pulling out a sword, you know? Yeah. Oh my goodness! At the beginning of the episode, he orders a practice dummy. Yeah, and it comes, and he he he's like, "Wow, that's a hideous looking dummy," and that will do. And it ends up being some emperor's suit of armor or something. He's like, "Oh, well, it wasn't well put together." Yeah, they call it a suit of honor or something like that, yeah. which is just like, what does that even mean? But anyway, yeah, and then um, he also noted Freaky Fight Day. Yeah, that was his episode with Zack, where he's, oh, yeah. he's trying, like, his thing with Zack is, like, they, basically, who's tagging, who, who's doing graffiti art all over the museum? Mm-hmm. And it turns out it is his descendant, Zack. Which is Power Rangers genetics. Zack looks identical to him. Yes. Because we can never get away from that particular trope. Like, I know it's not just a Power Rangers trope, but it just shows up in Power Rangers so often. Yeah. <laughs> like, somehow Wes and, uh, what's his, the butthead guy? Um, is it Alex? Alex! Wes and Alex look exactly alike, except Alex wets his hair down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, they have, they have like, millennia apart. Doesn't matter. Nope. <laughs> Doesn't matter. We're Power Rangers. Yeah. So, you know, Ivan looks, you know, Zach looks like a spinning image of Ivan. Uh, uh, oh, my goodness. And of course, Coda's almost like, oh, this is your great, great, great. And then they're like, they have to shut up Coda. Because it's like, Coda has no filter. <laughs> Coda has no filter. Coda does not know about time paradoxes. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, which also won, I guess, Ivan Fox is something yeah. we have confirmed. Uh, but, you know, he, he very much does not get along with Zach, because Zach is, like, a skater dude who, uh, you know, he does graffiti art. And he, he likes art in general. And yeah, he has so, very modern art sensibilities as well. And so, you know, here, Ivan takes him to the park, and they do a painting where, you know, Ivan's like, ah, yes, you should paint, uh, um, you know, a knight on a horse. And instead, like, Zack replicates that painting shown, but instead, like, adds, you know, hot rod wheels to the horse and stuff. Yeah, and, and Ivan I- is pissed. Ivan's just pissed. And eventually learns from, you know, basically finally gets the idea from Riley. He's like, okay, Zack's just different, but he wants to be friends with you. And that's when he's just like, oh, yeah, well, I guess my weird bat- like sensibility of being very, very old-fashioned is just butting heads. And they ended up resolving and liking each other in the end. 
Yeah, all through a body swap plot, I might add. Yeah, there was a body swap plot, which they didn't, they, I guess because of the helmet talk stuff going on, they just dubbed over everybody. (laughs) Yeah, which is not my favorite way to do a body swap, but yeah, I guess because there were so many times it was in helmets. Yeah. Um, Though I will say that episode is really funny when everybody kind of just swaps clothes. Yeah, they swap clothes. Uh, I definitely want to hear the non-ADR version, because everyone's most likely delivering the lines, uh, basically impersonating each other, just yeah. so it's a better dub-over. Uh, so I'm just, like, imagining seeing the, the raw footage of this without yes. the ADR. Yeah, because Shelby sw- offs bodies with Tyler and gets upset because, like, none of her clothes fit. And then all of her clothes get ruined. Yeah. So, like, he wouldn't have stretched out your clothes that badly. He's not that much bigger than you. I mean, it's like the shirt, maybe, but the hoodie? No, not really. The pants wouldn't even fit him. Yeah. Uh, when it, like, Chase uh, has to kind of, because Chase and Coda swap, Chase kind of has to make sure, like, Coda doesn't eat anything weird in his body. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's all really great. But yeah, that's kind of Ivan's thing. And then Ivan, of course, at the end of the series, along with Cody, get to go back to where they came from. And we'll get into that later. Yeah. But but also Ivan's sassy gay moment with that fucking rich dude. Oh, yeah. That was just, especially when they kept going back and forth with the check. Yes. Uh, it was like that episode was, it was kind of weird, but it was one of my, I think it was one of my favorites because it, yeah. it was just that right amount of Power Rangers weird. Yeah. Um, so that is our Knight of Xandar. We're now going to actually talk about our Prince of Xandar, Prince Philip III. Yeah. Uh, the Dino Charge Graphite Ranger. He, you know, we're last let off, left off. He, he did learn how to become a better person through uh, Coda and also through like, oh, I need to actually like genuinely want to help people, not want to help people for a personal gain. Yeah. So Philip and this season, like Philip... I, I, for, in my memory, Philip didn't show up that much. Like, he probably only showed up in, like, maybe three episodes after he got the inner, like, he got the inner gem. But he actually shows up probably more than that, but even though it's more like five or six. But, like, definitely auxiliary type, though. Yeah. So, like, but yeah, Philip often shows up whenever they just need the extra ranger for help, like, in the, for the second Halloween episode. Yeah. Because, like, because in that one, like, the main set of rangers gets kidnapped, or main five rangers, and so, like, Kendall and uh, Ivan need help finding them, which I will say, I love their Halloween costumes in that episode, like, they're so good. <laughs> and so, like, they, so they call in James and, um, and, and Philip. But yeah, Philip often kind of ends up serving, like, a deus ex machina role, like, yeah. as we mentioned with Rags to Riches, like, he shows up at the end and is because like the suit of like the suit of honor was like cost like two million dollars and they had to like find the money for or it or they were gonna close the Amber Beach Museum uh, dinosaur museum. So it okay. seems like oh no the museum's gonna close because we weren't able to get the money and then all of a sudden here comes like Prince Philip with a check and he's like oh Sir Ivan that gold bar you deposited in the bank of Zandar 800 years ago has been accumulating interest and uh here is what it is worth exactly two million dollars I-, I love how like one Kendall didn't think of calling him yeah 
And because he found out about all this through the fact that Ivan tried to go to the bank and withdraw it. Yeah. So basically like, oh, hey, is there some Knight of Xandar? Like apparently they they contacted him. It's like, is there some Knight of Xandar? And he's like, oh, yes. And basically like did the situation under control. It's very fun. Again, Kendall, why didn't you just call him and be like, hey, we need to save the museum. Like Ivan fucked up. Yeah, because it's like, he's still a knight of Xandar. He's still a representative of Xandar. Like, surely, and also you have a fucking rich-ass Power Ranger on the team. Surely he can help you solve this problem. I, I like I like, I like like to think that they needed the dramatic tension and all that going on. But That's at the true. same time, it's like, it's also very Kendall to just yeah. not ask for help. Yeah, I mean, I would do the same thing, honestly. Just try to solve it on my own. And then like somebody's like, why didn't you ask for this? I'm like, oh... Duh. <laughs> I do that too. Uh, I do wish there was kind of more to them, like, post that. I really also like his interaction with James when mm-hmm. James is like, oh, hey, I bet he's like a prince or something. He's like, oh, yes, I actually am the, the prince of Philip uh, III of Xandar. Yeah. Uh, but he's seen the kind of mostly help with tech, I've noticed, or help with research when they need it. Mm-hmm. He's definitely, like, more of that auxiliary role. Yeah, he definitely um, tried, to, you noticed that he definitely was tried to be hands-on when we did see him. And, like, yeah, it would have been nice to see him more as a character, but, like, even in the short time we get to know him, we get to actually get, like, kind of a full character arc for him. Yeah, which brings us to uh, Miss Kendall Morgan again. Uh, this is kind of one of the more disappointing things I think other fans have said yeah and i kind of agree is they could have done more with her as the purple ranger yeah because it's kind of yeah it's weird it's like oh kendall you're the purple ranger that's really exciting and then like they barely do anything with her like she hangs back a lot or like she'll only show up when they really need that like auxiliary like ranger to help kind of solve problems whether it's because like the other rangers are incapacitated or like whatever so it's like but she doesn't really get to participate in the team with doing ranger stuff as much as the rest of everybody else gets to do yeah this is kind of where like i want to feel it's kind of that reliance on the sentai kind of hurt because like what we know as the silver graphite purple and aqua Mm -hmm. rangers in the sentai or in kyori ranger are much more auxiliary types like they they sort of show up but they don't show up as much as the main six Mm -hmm. so you kind of pushed yourself in a corner with having kendall earning that energy and earning Mm -hmm. that ranger them and then you just kind of were like well we're just gonna rely on most of the footage anyway yeah so that was great not great (laughs) yeah um so yeah but it, she kind of ends up being more firmly a mentor ranger kind of type similar to rj uh in this season because keeper just kind of disappears for a bit like he'll he comes in and out but like he's not as he doesn't show up as often as he did in previous season yeah which i mean obviously she kind of steps into the role just fine it's just it, yeah it's just kind of weird how like she kind of ends up being more of the the mentor to the rangers even though she's probably not that much older than them yeah like she, i think like i think she's supposed to be 26 was when i believe the mm-hmm. casting called call for like 26 27 mm-hmm. and then um as we joked in the episode with uh with coda's grandpa and the vacation monster she has you meet her grandma, Gma Betty, 
And uh man, that woman is a lesbian, just straight up. <laughs> yeah, it's like she she definitely she definitely has two grandmas. Yeah. I d- I also was like, what if her grandma's is trans? Like, sure, <laughs> why not? We don't know anything else about her, so why not just say like like that, you know, I'm 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 all for that. Mm. De- definitely, I-, I feel like uh, definitely uh, the femme trans lady, <laughs> femme older lady, and then like there's the the butch one that just kind of re- like repairs everything. Yeah, because Betty's going around like the museum, like repairing stuff, and like I think at one point, like during when everybody's under the vacation spell, like somebody orders like a Bronto burger or something like that, and she makes some sort of like stew. I think oatmeal. Yeah, and she's like, "That's better for you. It sticks to your ribs," which is just yeah. such a grandma thing to say. Yeah. And then, um, uh, like her solution to like, because basically they have to use like this particular lens like setup in order to like disperse the 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 vacation spell. And so, like, her solution is just like, oh, you need, like, you have this big, like, concave lens, and you need a smaller one to focus through. So she just breaks her own glasses. Yeah. And, like, puts the one of the lenses, like, in the, like, in the setup, which is just, like, the whole thing is basically, like, Kendall's just like, you know what, I know you, like, you're embarrassing sometimes, but I do love you, and I I really do depend on you. So, yeah, it's just basically, like, a, a bonding with your grandparents moment. Yeah. That's kind of our thing with Kendall. She had a kind of great character build first season, and then she kind of got demoted. Not really demoted, but she just kind of became strict mentor. Uh, but, like, you know, kind of the big thing is she mostly opened up to people. She went from kind of being very closed off and very business to, at the end of it, she's like, oh, you guys can call me Kendall. Yeah, like, that was really nice. And then, like, she does get some, like, hero moments as the Purple Ranger. Like, not saying that those don't happen. They just don't happen as often as they should. Yeah. Um, Which, I guess that takes us to kind of our next, uh, kind of auxiliary ranger. It's finally time to talk about James. (laughs) Let's let's talk about James Navarro. Let's talk about this bitch, the Aqua Ranger. Oh my god, like... James is the worst father in Power Rangers by a country mile. I notated that he's worse than Jotaro. It's just saying something. (laughs) How are you worse than Jotaro? (laughs) At least, you know, my thing is like, you just disappeared. Like, you bought it with the inner gym and you disappeared. You didn't even let your son know, like, let him know you were alive or anything. When he was eight, like, Jotaro, like, was sometimes there for Jolene. He kind of more or less left her around 16 because he's a weirdo. And then when he, he kind of weirdly tried to save her. Yeah. Spoilers for Stone Ocean. He weirdly does try to save her. And he's like, yeah, I've been a shit dad and I actually do love you. And yeah, he gets his soul stolen. (laughs) Yeah, at least, like, with, like, Ryan's dad in VR Troopers, like, he was actually, like, kidnapped. Like, yeah, he like, wasn't like just fucking off around the world, like trying to be undercover. Like, no, he rusty. Was, yeah, he was actually kidnapped. And like, so here's James just being like, "Oh, I was fine this whole time. I actually bonded with an Energem. It was the Aqua Power Ranger, but I had to keep myself secret, so I didn't like tell anybody." I'm like, "You could have at least written a letter to your son every so often." Yeah, <laughs> like. 
Also, like, Ryan's dad got turned evil, I think, and they had to unturn him. It's just, there, there's actually, like, again, how are you worse than Jotaro? Yeah, it is kind of impressive. That is very impressive. And yeah, and it's just like, it's it's extra annoying, because it's like, well, one, they, this is where they establish that, oh yeah, since you are bonded with the inner gem, you don't age. So, like, they just cast, like, this 30-year-old person, the 30-year-old guy. He's, like, barely older. He's, like, four years older than uh, Brennan. Yeah. Uh, which is like, okay, I can buy that. But, like, yeah, so... <laughs> But yeah, after, like, you know, he finds his dad, and, like, they find out that he's the Aqua, like, Power Ranger, he's like, you know, but I have to go and find the Dark Energem, so I can't really hang around. And so, like, and he does that every time, like, anytime he, like, he'll go, and then he'll come back, and then he'll just be like, soon, we'll get to be together, Ryan. (laughs) Uh, Not Ryan. Oh, you mean Tyler! (laughs) Tyler! Tyler! Jesus Christ! (laughs) So he's just constantly like, well, soon we'll be together, or, or, or Tyler. And, like, he does this for several episodes. And it's like, oh, my God, James, you're the worst. He is the worst. He is not Bill Mitchell. Nobody is Bill Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, nobody's Bill. Billy's and- cared for his kids. B- <laughs> Bill may have, like, accidentally sold one of his kids to Satan. But, like, you know, (laughs) he did it out of a sense of love and obligation to make sure his son didn't die. Yeah, as he he was watching his son, like, drop to death. He's like, no, I'll do it. I don't want Ryan to die. Yeah. (laughs) Like, at least, like, Bill had his reasons, and a lot of it was panicky. You just kind of fucked off, and then fucked off again. Yeah, it's like, James, there was no justification besides, like, I felt like I needed to keep private. I'm like... Still, write your son a letter every so often. Yeah, like I mean, with you and Rusty, it's like, what? Did you leave his his mom for Rusty? Like, what? Yeah, like that's fucked up, man. Fucking James. Oh, James Navarro sucks. Yeah. Boo. Boo. <laughs> anyway, um. So, kind of, on, we're on to our last ranger here, who's really, he's only there for, like, the last ten episodes, which is Zeno-Wing, who's our dino-charged silver ranger. So, um, it wasn't Zeno-Wing supposed to be the mentor character, wasn't he the mentor character in Q-Ranger? Or- yes, he was. Okay. Like, they basically, like, we're gonna use this costume for our last ranger. Yeah, sure. Um, so he starts off corrupted by the dark Energem and, like, has a split like a split personality i guess called doomwing and it's not no because when they first contact him mm-hmm. he's just sending out a message and he's in ranger form and he's like oh hey send me the data and they're noticing okay things are going a little weird since contacting this dude it's kind of this build of no he he has a split personality part of him is doomwing mm-hmm. so he has to be saved yeah, and then eventually he kind of has to, as we mentioned with the Riley thing, that he has to learn to be compassionate for others. Because he yeah. is just kind of a dick to the Rangers for no reason, even though they just saved his ass. And even Keeper's like, yo, what the hell? Yeah, um, in his very Keeper way. and then But eventually after Riley saves his life, he's like, oh, I'm being a douchebag. I should not do that. Yeah, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's, because I think Keeper's like, he was like, Keeper, why did he do this for me? And it's like, 
Keeper's like, because he's a Power Ranger and he believes in what's right and he believes in protecting life. You once believed in that. And, and Zenoway's like, oh. Sick burn. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they're both like, they're, they're both in a similar position where they're keepers of the inner gems. Yeah. Um, but I- yeah, after that, though, Zenoway kind of doesn't contribute a whole lot to the plot besides teaching Shelby how to make a Megazord out of crystals, or make a Zord out of crystals, rather. Yeah, he's just like, hey, this is how you do this shit, and it, that's a really weird episode, because it kind of, like, it built to, like, Shelby had to make a Megazord, basically, but then, like, the others got free anyway. It was very weird. Yeah, was very weird so I was just like, that was that entirely weird process. Um, I did love the weird, like, ghost of Zenoing, like, superimposed over the screen as she's, like, remembering his tips on how to make a Zord. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking great. Also, okay, Zenoing kind of has the similar issue of Doggy Kruger in that when he does the morph, you just have to sit and wonder, how does his head fit inside his helmet? Yeah. It's even worse than Doggy Kruger, because at least Doggy Kruger has, like, a humanoid body. And not saying that Zenowing doesn't, but, like, Zenowing has actual wings. So, yeah. like, how does, how, how does the morphing- And I think chicken feet! Yeah, so how does the morphing grid turn that into, like, a humanoid as a Power Ranger? I don't understand. As and, we like- always say, the morphing grid works in mysterious ways. Amen? Question mark? <laughs> Amen. Um, yeah, so that's in a wing. There's not really a whole lot there to him. He's just, he kind of just rounds out the cast because they had 10 intergens and he's the Silver Ranger. Because why yeah. not? <laughs> why not? We're now back to Keeper and he basically disappears for like most of the season. Yeah, kinda- as we mentioned with Kendall, so she kind of steps up to be kind of the main mentor character, but he still shows up occasionally and dispenses life advice. Yeah, I think he. I think he's also in the hunt for the inner gems and everything. So he's mm-hmm. he's doing his part to do that. And so Kendall basically steps up to the role as mentor. Uh, we also like stop fucking breaking things, dude. Yeah, and then like they actually use him um, to create the new Zord because they need the energy of a, a of a strong warrior. And it's like keeper, really? Yeah, the man who killed the dinosaurs. <laughs> The man who also led the planet to uh, get sucked up. We'll get into that. Oh, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, Keeper, again, he's still great with the kids and everything. And even like, hey, Zenoe, remember when you were compassionate? Yeah. <laughs> and so, but yeah, that's that's Keeper. Not much changed. No. Um, but and so we'll just kind of move on to Kaylee, who we had talked about earlier during the chase section, is that... Um, She's kind of the first person to really call Chase on his bullshit. And because, like, yeah, obviously he's been hitting on girls, like, ever since the start of, you know, Dino Charge. But, like, she's kind of the first person to just be like, dude, you are really selfish. And, like, that's not a turn on. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, this is a relationship, not a, not a, like, single person, like, I'm not supposed to revolve around you and you only. This is supposed to revolve around each other. And Chase is like, oh. Yeah. And, like, I think that does at least open the door for Chase to just be like, look, I get nervous. I don't really know how to talk to girls. And I actually really like you. So I, I think it is a real, it's a it's a moment of progress for him. Yeah. Um. 
And, and so it does lead to this kind of this. It's a kind of a. It's a very. It's kind of funny, but also just like oh, very enlightening for Chase as a character. Uh, is that she ends up with a crush on the Black Ranger, not knowing that it's Chase. Yeah. And so, like, so he Chase goes out on a date with her, several dates with her as the Black Ranger. And as I mentioned before, it, it kind of ends up allowing him to decenter himself and, like, focus on what she likes and what she wants. And, like, it kind of leads to Chase being a better boyfriend for her. Um, yeah. And, that, and that's kind of how we, like, figure out that she really loves space and wants to be an astronaut and all of that. Yeah, overall, like, you kind of find out a lot about Kaylee that episode. And again, like, the episode, next episode you really see her is the jealousy, ep- like, the episode where, like, you have to go back and be, be you know, a suave, like, ladies man, Chase. And Chase is like, but I'm in a relationship. Yeah. And, uh, which ends, of course, to, like, being trusted with Chase's secret identity, which is, that's a big step in a relationship. Yeah, like, getting trusted, like... Yeah, fourth date, getting trusted with, like, your boyfriend's secret identity as a Power Ranger? Ooh, big yeah. step. That's a big step. Um, I do wish there was more to her, because she she actually was, she seemed like a cool auxiliary character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but glad she was re- reoccurring, unlike all of Billy's girlfriends. Yeah, every single one. Every single one of them. Oh, that I, was, that, yeah. That that was weird, Mighty Morphin. Yeah, that's like an aside for a second with regarding Chase. Like, do you think Chase at some point heard that whole study about like New Zealand, the New Zealand accent being the sexiest accent of all time, and used that to his advantage to just hit on women? Yes, <laughs> probably. Like, hey, I have a sexy accent. Like, I can't do a New Zealand accent. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's just like. Uh, it's like I can I can hear Reese Darby in my head, but I'm not gonna try my Reese Darby impression. It's like <laughs> werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> yeah, werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyway, so eh, moving on from Kaylee, we kind of have our one tweener character of the season, uh, which is Heckle and Snide. Though Heckle is more of the actual tweener, I think. Yeah, Heckle kind of he he. He gets a full-on face turn at the end, but it, it's basically, like, he's kind of a tweener. Uh, he's introduced at the last season through Sledge, and basically Sledge has him locked up in this very scary place. Oh, he's so scary. And then out comes this, like, humanoid-looking person, and everyone's afraid of him. Yeah. I don't think they fully show his heckle side until... Well, no, his snide side. His side side until the... The season after. Yeah. So you're basically like, okay, who is this big bad? And why is he humanoid? All this stuff. And you learn more of his backstory in the next season. Which, uh, basically, uh, he was from the planet Sentai 6. Ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. And he was trying to keep the dark energym around from the Lord Archon, basically. He was getting trying to get the dark energym. And... Basically touched it and trying to put it back into where it was and ended up with the split personality of, like, Snide. Where Snide's an actual fucking monster and they they basically take turns being each other and Heckle has all memories removed. Like, he doesn't remember any of his time or anything. So he's just, he's just an asshole who destroys planets and also, like, 
there's the when you know when he does take over Sledge's old ship, he actually like kills one of the people who tries to leave, and then he goes, he would have been the first to betray us. You know, he's a very camp villain. Yeah, so like, so he does kind of become like, as we mentioned, the split personality, and he's kind of like Andros in that like he's human ish. Like they, they think they try to go with that whole logic of like, oh, humans exist in other like planets in the universe. It's, like, not really. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, it's, it's very much like we don't want to continually pay, like we learned from Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers. We're not doing that again. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but so Heckle for like the first part, small part of the season, uh, they find out pretty quickly that he's actually evil. Um, evil quote quote. Uh, so he's kind of playing the spy game of like working at the cafe as a waiter until he gets caught, and then. Um, so it's kind of this, like, back and forth between, like, Heckle and Snide for most of the season, uh, until they're actually, uh, end up getting separated because of, uh, bad guy bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, he kind of learns how to be a good person again. At first, like, he's trying to basically write what happened to him, and, you know, he's living in the forest and stuff. And he does help get the dark energy back, basically. Yeah, and, like, uh, I think it's Shelby that kind of convinces him that, like, you know, there's still, like, a good side to him. Because, like, I think she's, like, I think she's believed that for a very long time. Yeah, and, and you know, Heckle's not so sure, and he does help them, but then he goes, like, he's, like, he shows up the next episode, and he's, like, well, you know, they're they're putting all these eggs around. They're going to hatch to big monsters. So I'm going to do everything I wanted to do on my last day on Earth. Because mm-hmm. our, the planet's about to get destroyed. Who cares? Yeah. And then he eventually, like, because he saves a child during this time period, he's like, okay, no, I am a good person. I'm going to go help out the rangers. Yeah, so he does do that. And, like, kind of, like, it kind of learns to be more human again. And, like, kind of serves as their ally during this, like, last battle. Like, even helps them, like, raid Sledge's ship. Yeah. Um, and even goes back in time with them and all of that. And, uh, so he ends up actually getting a new role at the very end. Where he becomes the keeper of the Dark Energem. And, uh, that will have to be continued. Ooh. Da da da. Yes. Uh, Snipe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're hinting at we're going to be covering the comics. Soon. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. Ish. Next year. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. <laughs> we we are covering Beyond the Grid. We promise. Uh. So yeah, and Snide's just fucking evil and bites it. <laughs> yeah. Basically, that's all you really need to know about Snide, and just that oh that fucking oh uh, that Jekyll and Hyde pun with. Heckle and Snide. Snide. Ugh. Oh, it's my brain hurt. <laughs> uh, the only thing I have to say is I wish they kind of let the spy game run a little longer. I think it was like the fifth episode. They, they established it and then all of a sudden it felt very quick that they went with, oh, we know you're Heckle and you're evil. You know? Yeah, I feel like they could have maybe carried that out for a couple more episodes. He also is dressed like a steampunk. Oh, yeah, he definitely dresses like he's at a steampunk convention. It's <laughs> it's fucking uncanny. <laughs> but um, 
but but yeah, if you have anything else to add. No, that's that's pretty much all we have to say about Heckle. Um, so we're kind of going to move on to our villains, which is mostly like the status quo. It does not change too much besides Heckle becoming kind of the leader for most of the season. Um, so Sledge was presumed mo- dead for most of the season, but comes back right at the end. <laughs> he comes back to kick ass and chew bubble gum. He's all out of bubble gum. Uh, also, he does finally marry Poissandra. Yeah, like he finally puts a ring. Well, he tries to put a ring on it, but they made the ring out of the dark inner gem, and the dark inner gem is stolen. It's a whole thing. But it's a whole thing. Yeah, he uh, he does finally marry Poissandra, and like there's this whole bit. Like actually, it's probably the funniest bit with Sledge the entire like Dino Charge and Dino Supercharge, where like he talks about going around the world to like plant those eggs. And he goes, it was a miser. I had a miserable time in Hawaii, and I had a miserable time in China. And he's just like, <laughs> shows like him just clearly having a great time. And it ends <laughs> like this bit about like, oh, and even like I had a terrible time in Japan. And it's uh, him singing karaoke with a bunch of people, t- singing about how he's having a great time in Japan and having fun <laughs> in Japan. Oh, the humor <laughs> of the season was great. Yeah. Um, but of course, Sledge, as, as it is, happens to all the villains in this season, he gets destroyed twice because of time travel. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, his ship gets sucked into the black hole that happens at the end, and Uh then, uh, then he, he gets, I think the ship blows up, and he's in it, and basically, boom, he's gone. Yep. Bye. Bye, Sledge. Bye, Sledge. Um, Poissandra and Kyrie are next and are still about the same. Yeah, nothing really changes about Poissandra and Kyrie, except that, like, Poissandra is, like, just more sad that Sledge is presumed dead. Like, because she doesn't have a wedding to really plan anymore, so she's just more sad that Sledge is dead and is just kind of fucking around with Kyrie, doing shit, and, like, being mad at Heckle. Yeah. Um, And then then finally, like, gets married, but then shit goes awry. Yep. So she also gets destroyed twice because of time travel. <laughs> um, and then we get to Fury, who's like he the like because when Lord Arcanon shows up and like kind of turns things on their heads, like you know a Power Rangers like semi boss is like usually does. Um, yeah. So he just goes through a lot because of loyalty stuff. He um, also gets destroyed twice, but the second time's really fucking funny. Because basically, um, he opens what, because of the time travel shenanigans, instead of Keeper sending the bomb back to Sledge's ship, the bomb is still there. And so Fury opens this thing thinking it's it's the inner gems and it's a bomb and it explodes and destroys <laughs> I think I made a reference to the Potter Puppet Pals when that happened. <laughs> it's a pipe bomb! <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, Potter Puppet Pals is better than anything made by that turf. It's true. It is very true. It's like angst, 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 angst. angst. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that was just a very funny way. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then kind of just our last one that we really wanted to talk about was Lord Arcanon, who was Sledge's employer and was the one who destroyed Sentai 6. He he's after the dark. It's basically he's after the dark energy, so he can roll the galaxy and destroy planets. Very very base stuff, but he's he's kind of cool, kind of cool looking. Yeah, he's going up. Yeah, like he's he's definitely that case of like what I what I refer to as like the Power Ranger semi boss because like 
he's he's kind of implied to be a bigger bad, but then kind of just gets he only shows up towards the end and then gets absolutely fucking smoked. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much happened. Yep. Uh, so we got a lot of like honorable mentions this this episode uh, or this season. We have Singe, who is Lord Arcanon's like second hand man. He kind of had Starscream vibes. Yeah, I think it's because he betrayed Fury or something. Yeah, so, like there's not a whole lot there for him. Uh, and then uh, as we talked about with Shelby's character arc, we have Mister Watkins. Uh, uh, look, look, Bob, it's James Galen. Yeah, like uh, he's clearly having a great time because like. Most of the time he shows up on Power Rangers, he's just playing really super serious characters. Especially Colonel Truman. <laughs> yeah, but here he gets to be kind of a goofball. Uh, including telling you how profit works through basically making a, like, making a spectacle out of making a burger. Yeah, like, it is very much, like, it just, it, it, it reminds me of a little, it's a very Muppet Show bit, like that bit. Yeah. And, like... And- I just fully expect Sam Eagle be there. Like that is the nature of business. Uh, also, I think Kurt asked, "What was what rule of acquisition is this?" <laughs> uh, uh, we mentioned Rusty very briefly. Uh, I went, "You're a new dad, Tyler." Uh, when I originally wrote down Rusty on our honorable mentions, I originally went, "You're a new dad, Ryan." <laughs> yeah, like this is how much that plot. Just calls back to be our troopers. But yeah, Rusty is just this guy that, like, Tyler meets when he's going to ask, like, what happened to his dad. And, like, he sees Tyler's Energem and it's just like, oh, wow, this is a real beauty that you have. Only to find out, oh, yeah, Rusty knew that, like, that, like, that Tyler's dad was a Power Ranger and had an Energem. It's like, so you told this random guy that you've been working with, probably, like, a family friend or whatever... You told this random guy that you were a Power Ranger, and he's known this for, like, ten years, but you can't even write your own son. Boo. 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 We don't like James. James sucks. Rusty uh, seems cool, but, like, he only showed up for an episode, so it doesn't really count. Yeah. Uh, Matt Griffin, who he was kind of the good older brother for the whole episode. I I feel like they were gonna do more with him, maybe even make him like the Silver Ranger or something originally. Mm-hmm. And either they leaked, like they made sure like that plan went a- went to the wayside because you know we we can look at casting calls basically, or things changed and um, essentially it's just like. He, he he obviously like he cares a lot about his brother but he's very different yeah like that's a big thing it's just that like it's it's kind of a struggle between them and it's like this is kind of carried over from season one yeah. about like that you know he's just very different from riley and like kind of like how they kind of reconcile that relationship yeah uh, we, we mentioned Zach earlier. I just put gay. Yeah. That's just probably like, smooches Riley. <laughs> yeah, probably smooches Riley and just this, like, notable for, like, the ever-going trope of Power Rangers descendants just looking exactly like, you know, the Rangers. <laughs> uh, Doomwing, who Kurt noted looks like Bad Magician's Red, and I think Singe looked like corrupt, um, corrupt, uh, Silver Chariot, and we were just... <laughs> That's how they looked, and yeah, Doomwing was basically evil Zenowing, and he got blown up. Yep. And so yeah, that ties it up for characters, so kind of let's just go over our odds and ends, and we're gonna have to start... <sighs> we gotta talk about the ending. 
We gotta we gotta talk about that ending. So the ending is very infamous for for this series, and it it is because <laughs> oh my, what are, it cut. They have this huge build up the first part of this ending mm-hmm. where like they get the dark inner gem and Fury has to go retrieve it basically because you know I think. Arcanine or Snide stole I think Snide stole it and tried to destroy the Rangers with it and they're like, okay, we have the Dark Energem and oh, well everyone's pissed and trying to find it so the base gets destroyed and it's like, right. oh my god, the base destroyed bit and everything and like there's actual you, stakes set up. There's stakes set up and then you have like the the monsters that are hatching all over the world and like it's there's this huge stake being set up that the world, unless the Rangers do something, the world's gonna fucking end. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I like this Power Rangers, Power Rangers, okay. Uh so they have to essentially turn the garbage energy. <laughs> Light. They have to kind of nullify it. And the only way you can do that is through, like, pure light, I think, or something. Yeah. They they send it into basically space, and they ask everyone to put, like, magnetization. Like, they, they, everyone has a, like, a mirror to, like, shine on it. All while Sledge, because he's mad about what happened, is towing the Earth out of orbit. How the- it's Power Rangers. I'm not gonna go into why that's improbable, because that's stupid. Yeah, it's like, you just know the tides were just really fucked up that day. The tides were just super fucked up. Much like when Piccolo blew up the moon in Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, um, which, we'll get to why that is not the most improbable thing about this ending. No. <laughs> Uh, so it's like, okay, this weird shit's going on, but it's Power Rangers, and so everyone's able to destroy the Dark Energy, and it causes a black hole, and it sucks Sledge's ship in. And it also is like, oh no, they're gonna, like, suck in the Earth, and, you know, cuts the commercial. Like, you're coming back to this, like, oh, they're gonna figure out a dumb, it's Power Rangers, they're gonna figure out a, a, a silly way to stop the Earth from falling into the black hole, or even destroying the black hole with the dark energy or something. Uh, no! Instead, um, the Earth gets sucked into the black hole. Uh, okay. <laughs> great job, Keeper! It's like, great, you kill the dinosaurs and you let the Earth get sucked into a black hole. Like, you're just, it's just doing great, buddy. Doing great. And, which is funny, because it's like, the ass pull they have for this is the energy, all the energies collected can make you travel in time. It's like they couldn't just stop up the black hole after you sl- like put Sledge's ship in. Yeah, that was like what, what ab- this is what absolutely confuses me about the end because the ultimate power of the inner gems, like once you take out the take the dark inner gem out of the equation, like the ultimate power of the inner gems is that they can transcend through space and time and you can time travel with them. So their option, instead of, like, go reversing time, like, 20 minutes <laughs> to stop the Earth from getting sucked into a black hole, is to go <laughs> all the way back to when Keeper arrived on Earth with the inner gems and blew which up. Which is, <laughs> it was just several million years ago. <laughs> <laughs> And like, well, this, is, this is stupid for Power 
Rangers, by the way. Yeah, like, it, it, the, the line stupid for Power Rangers is such a weird <laughs> bar to clear, but my God, does it do it. Um, <laughs> Like I, I could have done like the like you said like twenty minutes prior, and they take out Sledge's ship in another way, and then like the the black hole doesn't happen, and yeah, you saved the day. Now the time travel bullshit happens. Yeah, like no, they just it's not like it's not like fucking Hamura in like Madoka where she just keeps <laughs> living the same day over and oh well, it's not even the same day; it's like the same week <laughs> over and over and over again. Oh, no, it's just like. Was this Keeper's guilt because he sent them there? Like, oh, I gotta, I gotta save those dinos. I fucked up. Yeah, so like, he just sent them all the way back like 65 million years to the end of the, the to the end of the Mesozoic era. <laughs> 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 okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm, I'm so I'm good. I'm, I'm good, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> Back to the, like, like I said, this is stupid for Power Rangers, and they don't even realize, like, oh my god, what's going on? Oh my god, there's dinosaurs. So basically, and they run into Keeper of the Past. Yeah, and, he, and he's like, and he's, he just kind of knows what's going on. Yeah, he's like, oh, you guys are Power Rangers. Like, you've bonded with the inner gems. So, like, he just automatically trusts them. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> so it just ends up with, like, so the plan kind of is just that they blow up Fury and Sledge's ship. I think like, they blow up Sledge on Earth, like they have the final fight with Sledge. Yeah, and like the other, because like you see your main six rangers, and then the other rangers are just invading Sledge. The other rangers at Heckle are invading Sledge's ship. Yeah, we were just like, where are the other rangers? Oh, they're made the ship. Like, they didn't even establish that when they went through time. Yeah. They think they they all went through time together, and then every, there's a split, and we're like, what's going on? Yeah, like, this is weird. Uh, Yeah, this is where, but yeah, so it goes back all the way to time, and, like, after they defeated everybody, they're just like, well, we could send Coda and Ivan home now, which I, you know, I know Coda was, that was kind of what they were leading up to doing anyway. Yeah. And so they send Ivan and Coda home, and then they send everybody else who is not a alien or heckle. It was basically, everybody who was going back to Amber Beach goes back to Amber Beach. And, oh, okay, okay, this is... This is truly the stupidest part of the whole thing. Is that they go since since the meteorites that Sledge were carrying did not fall to Earth when the bomb went off. Uh when they get back to the present time with Amber Beach, it is no longer the Amber Beach Dinosaur Museum. It is the Amber Beach Dinosaur Zoo. It's so fucking dumb. <laughs> It gets dumber with the Christmas coda when you see the dinosaurs back, and one of them, one of them is this perfectly articulate looking T Rex, and the other one is just this. They, is... It, 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 there was an attempt face. Yeah, and they put like a like a little like fucking Chris. They put a Santa hat on the T Rex and like a fucking antlers on like the Brontosaurus or whatever it's supposed to be. Yeah, is this is this sure? Yeah. That was- fucking silly oh sure so sure and it's just like because i'm like sitting there it's like that's not how any of this works i mean okay we're just gonna slightly move on to our next point because it's kind of like carried over in this like discussion anyway is that one 
all of the dinosaurs that, like, Keeper gave the inner gems to, all the way back in the first episode, were not alive at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Like, there were stages in which the dinosaurs existed. And, like, yeah, it's like, no, those dinosaurs didn't exist at the same time. And then it's like, okay, so you, you go back in time, you prevent, like, the, the meteor, like, falling to Earth and killing all the dinosaurs. And so you go back, you jump forward in time, and now all the dinosaurs are alive. And it's like, but then, like, that fucks up with the, like, there's not, because the way that, up. the way that mammals evolved, not just humans, mammals in general, because mammals did exist in the time of the dinosaurs, they were just very small creatures. And yeah. so they eventually evolve into like being larger creatures because the dinosaurs weren't around to like eat them and hog all the resources. Yeah, it's, it's, that's kind of the point of the Cenozoic era is the rise of mammals and the rise of man. Yeah, so um, it's just like, so how do you explain how humans have evolved if the dinosaurs aren't fucking dead? You know, Keeper was kind of reasoning with the dinosaurs. I don't know. Dinotopia shit? Maybe. I don't know. It was just like, <laughs> uh. Power Rangers Dino Charge takes place. The new timeline takes place in Dinotopia. Sure. Like, why not? Like, I, my brain already hurts from every <laughs> ass pull that they manage with the fucking ending episode. Like, it was not as bad as I remembered it when we watched the full episode. The whole thing was just like, okay. It's just, it's one of those, it's like, this is stupid even for Power Rangers. Particularly the time travel bit. It's like, you could have used the Emerald Gems to plug up the black hole. You could have, you know, gone back and redid everything because of the Emerald Gems. But no, you went back to to the uh, Circassius Paleogene extinction, extinction event and uh, rectified that. Yeah, it's like, Thanks, guys. Also, like, this is definitely not where the, like, the asteroid hit. That was in the Yucatan Peninsula in Chicxulub. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I learned that from Ask a Mortician. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then it ended up, we, the, so it's very funny. That is, like, the finale, but we have a coda with Christmas. So we go back to the zoo. Uh, I, I think, like, basically... The, uh, a monster was a, a escaped from Sledge's ship or wasn't around when basically it went through time or something. Mm -hmm. And it was making everyone evil and he, they were trying to steal Christmas. And the people who were basically there to stop it were, I think, the Auxiliary Rangers and, like, Ivan and Coda, who, you know, Keeper was like, hey, let's, I'm gonna, you wanna come see the other Rangers during Christmas? And they were like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so, like, they come back, and then they're like, oh, no, like, Chase, Tyler, Shelby, and Riley are all corrupted by, like, this coal that turns them into weird evil elves for some reason. Which, like, uh, I have to say, like, <laughs> Brittany Mahee is, like, little gremlin acting. It's just so fucking funny. I know. <laughs> He's such a great little gremlin. It's like, <laughs> 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 Oh, I get this. Oh. Uh, and it all ends well, but basically, you know, you kind of see, like, they, they end up spending Christmas together, and... Yeah, and it's like, I, I feel it's like the only, it's one of the few times that you actually get all ten rangers, like, hanging out together on screen. Yeah, because I think, like, James was in, in charge of kind of bringing, uh, 
bringing Tyler back because Tyler Shelby was the last one. Of course, Tyler brings her back, but it's like, wow, James, you suck. Anyway, but yeah, and it's like actually a really cute moment when like sh- like Tyler brings Shelby back. It's really yeah, I really like that. Um, so one thing I remembered when we were talking about the Halloween episodes was the costumes, and I I, I approximated that Riley was just the right age to be a uh, a high school or middle schooler for Super Hulock on Tumblr. Yeah, because he's dressed as Sherlock Holmes. And I'm like, he got into Sherlock Holmes that way. He got into Sherlock. Oh, I mean, he would. He would. Because it's just like, again, he's like, he's the he's the type that is like too smart for his own good. He and totally like, got is, into Sherlock. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Pro- Doctor Who definitely too. I doubt Supernatural. He doesn't seem like he'd be like that's stupid. Yeah, his brother might have liked Supernatural though. His yeah, his brother probably definitely liked Supernatural probably, but yeah, especially like the early broier seasons of Supernatural. Yeah, before they introduced Destiel and they all got into a fight with Heaven. Uh some of the uh that's a that's another thing to cover if we ever get like a huge amount of patrons. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we've joked that if we get a huge amount of patrons, we're eventually just going to cover the true American tokusatsu that is Supernatural. Supernatural! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, subscribe to our Patreon so we'll eventually cover Supernatural. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I was just like, oh my god, he, he was probably super into Super Hulock, or at least, like, Sherlock. And he probably got into, like, Knowing him, he probably super got into like Sherlock Holmes stuff. Oh yeah, from there, and you know that 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 was why my head can't why he chose Sherlock Holmes. Not just because of the logic thing, but it's like, oh no, he got the BBC Sherlock. Yeah, I think yeah, but I'm trying to remember everyone else's costumes because it was like Coda was a samurai, Chase yeah. was a vampire, Shelby was a pirate, if I remember right. Shelby's gonna Shelby eventually loves uh. Our flag meets the dev. Oh yeah, she would absolutely love the gay pirate show. <laughs> um, and then I forget what Tyler was. Um, let me see here. Also, that was the episode where they introduced like the the Grand Halloween like tribunal or whatever it was. Yeah, they always have a weird ha- like like tribunal sometimes, but the Halloween tribunal, I think that was definitely the establishment there. But, um, yeah, we, I just wanted to bring that up because I, I, I brought that up as a stupid thing. Yeah. Um, also, the, a battleizer comes back. Yeah, and, like, you mentioned this because it was built into the, like, original, like, series. Yeah, um, I think it was called Carnival Mode. Okay. And, and Kyrie Ranger, don't quote me on that. Um, I mean, they do call anything. Tyler a walking carnival at one during one of the episodes. Uh, but it's the T-Rex Supercharge mm-hmm. is the mode, I think. Okay. That we're looking at, and, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's like the bat, and the battleizer doesn't look weird and clunky, again, because it's from Kyrujer. Yeah, so it kind of blends in with the other, like, dino costumes that we've had so far. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, hey, this I think this might be one of my favorite Battleizers, but also I think it's because, like, Battleizers got super weird in the Disney era and then mm-hmm. dropped away. It's like, oh, one's back, and it's just kind of more of a power-up and, and cool. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the other thing was, uh, I, I kind of was like, well, how long do the monsters live in this show? Because the events of this series start taking place really approximately like 600 million years ago because Keeper is the one that caused the Crustaceous Paleogen Extinction Event. Yes. Yes, I learned how to pronounce that before the podcast. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so, like, and Fury's just been, like, pounding around on Earth since then. So, like you said, he saw the evolution of mammals and, like, kidnapped, like, this, like, night during, like, the Middle Ages. Saw, saw the rise of colonialization and mankind being awful. Yeah, did nothing about it. Well, he's Fury, so. No, that's true. He's evil. Probably love that shit. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, you might even caused it. Uh, the, the reason why there's evil in this world is because of Fury. Yes. Uh, but it's like, it's, it's kind of implied that Keeper and Sledge were like fighting each other for a long period of time. So I'm like, how old are these guys? Holy shit. Yeah, I mean. My brain doesn't want to think about it. Yeah, I mean, we run into this issue. Like, this has been an ongoing thing in Power Rangers. Because we know that like, there's some people, like some figures that are very ancient in like the grand scheme of things. And we, like, we know Zordon had, like, had, like, came to Earth very early in Earth's history. So, like, yeah, this is, like, millions and millions of years. And it's, it's yeah, it, it bends the mind to really think about. Yeah, I'm just, like, I don't want to think. It's, like, I, I started thinking about it. And then, like, my brain just kind of started hamster wheeling. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it's a lot to think about, like, just how long this battle had been going on and probably longer than that and how it, how it ended. Um, which, uh, if 2020 had taught us anything about anything is the most improbable thing about that ridiculous ending we just talked about, Mm um, was how America would actually help out with the whole plot line where like, we need everyone to get this mirror and to reflect it at this time. America wouldn't do that. (laughs) No, I mean, I feel like there would be enough people watching the news to, like, handle it, but, like, I feel like our leadership would not follow through on that. It's like, no, that should be America's, that should be, the like, the right of Americans to choose if they want to aim a mirror towards the sky. Like, <laughs> who, who cares if the planet's about to get destroyed? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, probably Britain, too. Yeah, Britain would, yeah, Britain definitely would fuck it up for everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, there is just enough crappy people in our world that they'd be like, no, uh, my freedom says I should not have to do this mirror thing. It's like, everybody else has it handled. I don't have to worry about that. I I don't have to worry about that. If I go more into this, I'm going to feel like, like, I do not want to purge my feelings of the pandemic thus far. On this podcast. I don't think you guys want to hear that. Yeah. So So I just. Go on. No, I was about to say, we could just move on to talking about the the heterosexual love plot of the season. Yeah. Because, you know, unlike America, this was a better group project. Yeah. Between Shelby and Tyler. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I would say, like, this is actually, I would, I mean, Jen and Wes is still my favorite, like, power, heterosexual Power Rangers romance. I think that is top tier of of the heterosexual romances we have seen in this series. Uh, So far, I haven't watched Beast Morphers. Uh, I know Dino Fury has gays. Yeah. So, out of what we have watched so far, 
Uh, it, Jen and Wes are top tier. You, yeah. I feel it, it's very hard to top that build up. But this was really good. Yeah, no, I would say like if I had to rank it, this they like Shelby and Tyler would probably in terms of like heterosexual couples on Power Rangers because we're just gonna remove like Izzy and Fern from this because you know they're they're lesbians. And then um, I forget the name of the characters that from Beyond the Grid, but we'll get to them when we get to them. So, but just just strictly heterosexual, strictly heterosexual. I would rank Shelby and Tyler as my second favorite in Power uh, Rangers. I I am the same. Like even rewatching this and kind of putting it under a microscope, it's like it's very clear that they built to this, mm-hmm. like. From them kind of meeting kind of cute, you know, Shelby's, Shelby runs into this weird guy in the forest and he tries to protect her with his underwear and shovel. Yeah. And then they become like diner charge rangers and he drives her back to the city and they, they kind of have an exchange to like, to right when they get together. It's like they actually wanted to put crumbs in and build to it. Yeah. Like sometimes it, it was. Yeah. bit shaky but they built to it anyway sorry yeah no that's all he's saying is that yeah it felt earned it wasn't like you know it wasn't like with samurai where it was just like oh yeah emily and mike are clearly into each other it's like where show your work or like show your work or like megaforce where it was like oh yeah like um why am i forgetting his name already jake <laughs> Yeah, Jake is like, oh yeah, he's super into Gia, and he's gonna be real weird about it, and then eventually she'll just be like, oh, you, I like you. It's like, fuck off! It's like, you ruined a perfectly decent man with that plot! Yeah, and like, even going back to like, something like RPM, where they're, like, the romance plot in that was kinda underbaked compared to so much else in that series. Yeah, it's like, all of a sudden, like, I get it, Summer will definitely find the bad boy hot, and they also were trying to do a weird love triangle that never really went anywhere. Like, they they originally, they hit it at it, and all of a sudden it was just gone. Yeah. They didn't even do much with it, so it's less like, and then you also had, like, Lily and Theo, where you just had the hint that Theo liked her, and then they completely forgot. Yeah, and then, like, eventually it does come back around, and they get back, and then they do kind of go out on a date. Or, like, um... Madison and Nick, I think, was, like, a previous one, where it's just kind of, like... They're just, like... I don't think Operation Overdrive had anything. No, not really. Yeah, no, I think for, like, yeah, Madison and Nick was sort of just, like, I like, it was kind of a little obvious that Madison had a little bit of a crush on him, but it's like they never really addressed anything until, like, the last episode. I'm like, thanks, guys. That's, that's real great. <laughs> um, SPD, I don't, uh, there was Doggy Kruger and his angst. Yeah, there was, uh, there wasn't really, like, a, a love plot between, like, any of the rangers in that season no it it was more of like i think we joked that z like slept with sky and then regretted it yeah that sounds about right (laughs) but but other than that is you had very good like friendship interactions with people in that season Mm -hmm. and then dino thunder had something with like kira and trent and then kind of not they they there was an attempt and then they kind of dropped it off and ninja storm had Tori and Blake. That was really weird. Yeah. 
I blame that. They had, it's one of those things, Tori and Blake, I would say, would be one that they were building towards, but the actors did lack some chemistry with each other. Yeah, that's like, that was a big part of it. Yeah, that, it's not that they didn't hint that they were going to get together. It's just, oh boy, you two like kind of a chemistry with each other. Yeah, it was definitely, y'all are definitely standing next to each other, which I, look, like, thankfully, like, one, this was, like, the good mix of, like, one, they had a really good buildup for Shelby and Tyler's relationship, but also, like, Brennan Mejia and Camille Hyde actually had really good chemistry with each other on screen, so, like, it works all around. Yeah, like, you know, where, yeah, like, I, it's, it's kind of weird to compare it to, you know, when I brought up, like, Tori and, and Blake, because it's like, they were building up to it, but it's just like, uh, Jorge and, and Sally just did not have that chemistry, whereas... Brennan and Camille really did, and that really kind of helped bring that more to life. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, again, it's like, one, I really like they established she liked him first. Yeah. You know? And then you, there's the idea that, oh, yeah, he does like her, too. Gets jealous and everything. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of, you know, eventually they work through their awkwardness and realize, like, oh, no, we do like each other and we should date. Yeah. Um. It doesn't kind of have the grand swells that Jin and Wes did, you know, where Jin's changing as a person, you know, she was originally engaged to Alex, and she runs in the West, and, you know, she's part of her grieving, and then all of a sudden she meets up with Alex again, like, she realizes, like, oh, no, I'm a different person. I, I also, I think I, I'm in love with Wes, because Wes is, you know, I went from, like, oh, uh, you know, focus on the mission, and Wes really opened me up. Yeah. No, um, you know what wants me to have adventure in life, and then you know they couldn't stay together. Yeah. <sighs> so I th- I feel like West and Jin definitely had like the huge dramatic stakes, whereas like it was just a nice little romance with with Shelby and Tyler. Yeah, which sometimes that's just what you need. That's what you, especially after the last two seasons, is kind of really last three just farting on attempting a romance going on Mm -hmm. you know it's just kind of like oh it's kind of nice to actually have a build have the two actually the the two leads actually have chemistry really show that you know it's it's kind of this nice little piece well you know the world's imploding because of energems right all right and then the last point we want to make here is that you noted the fandom reaction to the show yeah it's I'm trying not to be shady towards fandom. Hmm. I'm trying not, but I've noticed fandom has a tendency of a fir- ever since Neo Saban era, and probably back in the day, it's like the first half is great, the second half is terrible. And like, I'm like, I kind of get the second half not being as good as the first half. I get that critique, but you guys act like. It just dropped in quality. This is the worst Power Rangers ever. I fucking hate this. And I'm like, you guys are weird. Like, this this wasn't that bad. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, it's like, yeah, it's a little inconsistent at times, but it's, it's like, it's fine. It's like, it's, especially in comparison to the last few seasons we had, it's fine. <laughs> it's it's fine. Did it end in, uh, uh, did it stick its landing? No, it really fumbled its landing. <laughs> Uh, but it was just kind of like I'm kind of because it's like Beast Morphers had that reaction. I mean, Ninja Steel 
from the get-go kind of also had that reaction. They're like, Beast Morphers, I know. Everyone's like, first half, great. Second half sucks. And and I'm like, you guys be a little bit more consistent. On, yeah. Uh, it, it just seems like you build an expectation for something. And then when it doesn't deliver, it's like, this is the worst thing ever. This is the worst series ever. And I'm like, that is hyperbole. It is just more of like the consistency went down. That's all you can say. Like, yeah, pretty I much. Like, it's fine. Unlike, unlike, unlike Turbo, where it got better in the second half. <laughs> yeah, well, I think bringing it's a new still cast turbo. helped, but it was still Turbo. Like, <laughs> it was still Turbo. But that's, like, the only time I can say, like, yeah, the, the second half got better. But yeah, and yeah. I guess that's my thing. It's like, fandom, just chill out and realize, like, the series is going to unfold as it's going to unfold. And, you know, it's it's Power Rangers at the end of the day. Like I said, the ending was, e- was dumb even for Power Rangers. Like, I was uh, more expecting, like, heroic Care Bear stare shit, mm-hmm. shit with that and not, like, why are you guys going back to the time when the dinosaurs died? What mm-hmm. the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> it's that- getting weirder. Yeah, it's it's real weird. Um, so we finally are reaching our verdict. Uh, we still love this. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is still a really good season, y'all. Uh, it was a lot of fun to go going back and watching this. Uh, it's a major comfort season for me. Uh, you know, it's something I I've watched in my when I have spare time just to go back to something familiar with Power Rangers. Uh, I never really fully appreciated it though till now. Uh, even in a choppy second half, it's really neat to see Rangers take the two Power Rangers. Sorry. Even with its choppy second half, it was really neat to see Power Rangers uh, actually take the two-season concept and actually give it arcs for the characters to grow and feel like they can raise the stakes, too. Like, you know, first half, you had your your, your first bit of arc, second, you had your second bit of arc. So it was really great. And um, there's stuff that could have been better, but overall, I really think this is a solid entry. It's one of my favorites. Uh, I would recommend it to non-Power Rangers fans, even. Uh, considering that's how I got my co-host to watch Power Rangers. Hey. Hey. Yeah, I definitely agree with Sid's take on this. I know I'm definitely biased because Dino Charge was my first season. It's still kind of one of my favorites. Uh, but overall, it's just a fun season with great characters that really do grow over the course of the series. And even with the unevenness and the super weird ending of Supercharge, it does still stand up really well overall. And I wish more seasons in the Neo Saban era were like it. It really should be a baseline for what modern Power Rangers can and should be. All right, and that's it for this week's episode. We would like to thank Kate Nix for our rockin' theme song. You can find her at katenix.com. Uh, it's where she has her band camp, merch, and streaming all linked. Um, as of the publishing of this podcast, she is on a break while she works on moving into her new home. Stay tuned to her Twitter and Instagram at, at @goblinmutter for more updates. We also would like to thank Joe Hunter for the podcast art. You can find him on Threadless at joehunter.threadless. His Instagram is joebloodyhunter, and his Twitter and Patreon are both joe underscore hunter. He has a comic currently with Land Pits called Beast Heart Strikers. And it's uh, currently coming back to Comixology, lest we heard. Um, and they're also doing a backup on Radium Black um, currently, if you want to check that out. Because Radium Black is also really cool. Uh, we'd also like to thank Kurt Yoder for the editing. You can find him at Great SG Creations on Etsy. 
Um, you can also hit him up for um, Perler Art or Pixel Perler Art at Great SG Pixels on Twitter. You can also find him at the Great SG on Twitter as well. Our wrestler of the podcast again. We're we're going with the with old older wrestlers, and we decided Dustin Rhodes. You also might have known him as the rather gender mood Gold Dust. I think that is the best way I can describe Gold Dust. It's just a gender mood. He is part. Uh, he is one of two Dusty's kids that uh, Dusty Rhodes kids that wrestle. He's near. He's in his forties, and he's he's pretty much teaching a lot of younger people currently. Uh, and he really loves trans kids, so we love him more than than Cody. I'm gonna say that. Yeah, I mean, we love a lot of things more than we love Cody. We, um, def- we definitely love his older brother more than Cody. Than he, yeah, 40s. I think he's in his 50s now. It, it's he's like like late 40s and or 50s or something. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, he can still go. He can still go. So good, good, good. Dustin Rhodes. Uh, recently had a match with CM Punk. If you want to go check that out. Yeah. All right, and then for me, you can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at at MissKittyF. My stores are also available on itch.io under uh, MissKittyFantastico.itch.io.com or is it actually whatever. Go find my link traits on there, and then <laughs> um, and then obviously you can always find my my store with my physical items at Ashley-Leckwell.Square.Site. All right, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at VelociRiker. I am on Twitter way more, though, so if you want to check out my weird thoughts, you can go there. Um, my link tree to my uh, store, Coda's Magical Crafts, is just Coda's Crafts, and it has both the Square and Etsy front. Um, that's where you can find my candles, soaps, lip balms, and hard candies currently. Um, and uh, you can also check out the Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok of that at Coda's Crafts. I think the TikTok, though, is Coda's Magical Crafts. And as always, you can find us on Rangersplane on Twitter and Instagram under Rangersplane, as well as Patreon, where just for two bucks a month, you can get uh, early release of episodes um, and other fun behind-the-scenes stuff going on. We also uh, have a WordPress, rangersplane.wordpress.com. Um, if you cannot support this podcast through Patreon monetarily, you can always just give us a five-star rating, uh, on any place you listen to podcasts to help us boost us in the algorithm. All right, that's it for this month. Next month, we're going back to comics for a short bit with the first of the Boom Studios crossovers. That's right. It's time to cross over into the DC Universe with Justice League, Mighty Warfare, Power Rangers. Until then, stay safe and may the power protect you. Go. Just play